The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by a guest speaker. The statements, views, and opinions presented in this message are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. That's online, wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. 8474. Our speaker this morning is someone that all of us are very familiar with. He's a dear friend of our seminary and many of our faculty members as well. He's the pastor of Escondido United Reformed Church, a church very nearby. Reverend Chris Gordon is joining us this morning. He also adjuncts for us at times, and for those who are second and third years, you might have had in class before. He is an alum of Westminster Seminary, California. We're so grateful for his labors nearby. He also, you can see him online or hear him online as well as listen to him on radio as the radio teacher of Abounding Grace Radio. We're grateful that he's here. So Chris, come, give us God's word. Good to be with you this morning and to lead you in chapel. Dr. Clark already reminded me that I need to be short and that I'm not very disciplined, so I need to work on that. So hopefully by 1020 we're done. But I'd like to read uh, with you this morning, if you have your Bibles, um, Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And we will consider uh, this section here about true worship and a contrast that is made that Jesus is showing us uh, with the Pharisees and then this Canaanite. A woman. So this is Matthew 15. Uh, let's hear the word of the Lord uh, this morning. Then the Pharisees and the scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you would gain from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God, you hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? And he answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone, they are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. And he said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. 
My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And the disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Well, this is a fascinating passage. I like to see connections uh, in, in the scriptures like this. And one of, it's one of those passages that really does uh, sort of orient us and give us priorities for gospel uh, ministry. I think one of the sad developments in our day is that all of this stuff that's happening in the world and in the culture is having the tendency of pulling us away from the design of gospel ministry and priorities in gospel ministry. And Jesus never let that happen. Uh, in fact, this is something that the Pharisees were trying to do to him, constantly sidelining him and pulling him off the mission and what the heart of that miss- mission was and the message in his mission. I think Matthew 15 is such a corrective this morning because it teaches us a lot about what the Lord is after and what is important to him. And we see that by way of contrast. You know the scene. It's uh, probably not an unfamiliar scene if you know the scriptures. Um, the scribes and the Pharisees have come from Jerusalem to Jesus to attack him. And the one big issue on their minds is why do your disciples break and transgress the tradition of the elders for they don't wash their hands when they eat bread? Uh, this tradition of the elders had become the authority among them. They were the Pharisees, the gatekeepers of the tradition They were following uh, many, many uh, words that had been written in the Talmud, uh, something like this. Words of scribes are more lovely than the words of the law. Attend to the words of the scribes more than the words of the law. Um, The Mishnah had 30 chapters on washing pots and vessels and a chapter on hand washing. So this is all uh, they're following to a T. And the reason was not about germs. The reason was ceremonial. They were not to come in contact with defiled people. They were not to come in contact with the Gentiles. So the Lord is, is strong here. In fact, it's, it's amazing what he does and how direct he is. Uh, as he says something, uh, their system had uh, begun to set aside the law of God for the sake of their traditions and the Gentiles excluded. So two things have happened in the whole thing. They have uh, set the law of God in second place. And in, in that regard, then they were making a way of justification before God with their own rules and their own traditions. It's right in the middle of this mess at this point uh, that the disciples were still struggling to understand what Jesus was after. They were still struggling with this. They lived uh, struggling with the expectations of Judaism upon them and, and, and just what is Jesus, this Jesus after and how far do we break from all of this? How far do we get away from all of this? They were still thinking uh, outwardly that uh, it, conformity merely to the rules is what is going to please God. Now, it's at this point that Jesus goes after the Pharisees aggressively. I mean aggressively. Why do you, you can hear him, agitated? 
Why do you transgress the commandments of God for the sake of your tradition? And then he calls the multitudes to him. And he brings all the multitudes around him. And he says, hear and understand. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth defiles a man. Here's the big issue, I think, in this. The disciples come to Jesus at this point. Do you know you offended the Pharisees, Jesus? You offended them. Big word here. Uh, Jesus then says, listen here. These people draw near to me with their lips. But you need to understand something. Their hearts are far from me. They're very religious people. But their hearts are far from me as in vain they worship, teaching as commandments the doctrines of men. You need to understand this. This is exactly what's going on. The issue here was then heart in worship and, and giving to believe the Lord as they had come to worship. And then Jesus gives the most sweeping indictment of all of, in all scripture, I think. Uh, listen, it's not what you put in you. It's not the outward things that purify you. The real issue that no one is listening to, what I have come to declare to you, is that the real issue is what's coming out of your hearts. You're all washed up for worship. You look nice. You're dressed fine. You've got good clothes on. But out of the heart comes this. Murder. They were constantly hating. Adulteries. Pharisees were full of adultery. Committing it all the time. Fornications, lusting all the time. Doing all these things in private that they think they're getting away with. And the Lord's saying, I see. I see. False witness, thefts, blasphemies. That's all coming out. That's all coming out of us. So here's the problem. It's not what, what's defiling a man is unwashed hands. It's not those sort of things. Now, this is the big problem that Jesus has exposed here. And what the disciples then needed to see was a true worshiper. What the disciples needed to see was exactly what he's saying. A true worshiper who would worship in spirit and in truth, who doesn't have this kind of defilement. So you see the connections. I don't think you can appreciate the Syrophoenician woman or the Canaanite woman until you see the connection here uh, with what had taken place before and study that. Now, consider, with all that background, consider for a minute the Syrophoenician woman, or what here is labeled the Canaanite woman, which is absolutely fascinating. In verse 21, he rose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And 25 says that a woman from Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Verse 26 tells us that she came to Jesus and just kept asking, Would you do this for me? Would you help me? Help! What a moving scene. A nobody, unclean woman in their view. Uh, Jewish men didn't talk to women much. Rabbis weren't to talk to Gentiles. She's doubly unclean in their view. Help me! Help me! Hear the cry? He answered her, 
Not a word. Let that set in for a minute. You can picture this. They're walking along. She's coming. She's begging. She's at his feet. She's walking. He's walking. She's crying. Nothing. Disciples come up and say, look, get, get, get rid of her. She's driving us nuts. Send her away. She keeps crying out after us. And then comes the most perplexing response of all in the midst of this that we've not really seen much from Jesus in the Gospels. That's what makes this such an interesting moment. After all of the silence and begging, he says, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It gets even worse. She comes back. Begs again. Then he says this. It is not good for me to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. Let that said, he just called her a dog. I'm going to be honest, that, that used to trouble me so much when I would read this particular passage. It sounds completely insensitive. Uh, it, it, it's it's not compassionate at all. Um, do you imagine the controversy in our day if this had broken out on the internet? We see the dust-ups. And, and the commentators try to make Jesus compassionate here. I don't think we're supposed to read that that way. Is that compassionate? That's not compassionate. Most commentators work hard to do it and say that he chose to say little dogs, but a dog is a dog. A dog is a dog. I came for Israel, and I'm not throwing my food to dogs. Talk about offense. Now keep in mind, Pharisees were offended. He's just royally offended everyone. And he won't stop. He won't respond. And when he calls her a dog, think, think, think of the effect of that on the disciples. Yep, amen. She's a dog. Get her out of here. She's a dog. She's a Gentile. Now, I want you to, to think for just a second that Jesus loves to make moments of things. Let the little children be filled first, for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Clean hands can't had, hand food to the unclean. Clean hands can't throw food to the unclean. Gentiles are dogs. Everyone would have been in agreement with Jesus. The Pharisees would have loved this. The Pharisees would have agreed with this. But Jesus had just said, it's what comes out of the heart that defiles somebody. So we're being teased a little bit here. They're being pressed a little bit here. Why is he treating the woman so roughly? To illustrate something. To illustrate something very important. I believe he's using this moment to show the disciples and everyone the kind of heart that is truly clean. I believe he plays a role for a moment to press the woman and expose her. This is one of the moments I wish I could see facial expressions when you read the scriptures and see how he said things and what exactly he did. How did he say it? Well, you know, it's not right for me to take what's the children and throw it to the dogs, don't you? That's their position. That's their attitude. 
When Jesus just confronted them, the Pharisees were unclean. They were offended. They were offended. But now Jesus calls the woman a dog. Is she offended? Verse 25. I want you to look at that verse carefully. The ESV doesn't capture it where it says, but she came and knelt before him. That's not how it should read. She came and worshipped. This is a whole passage about worship, isn't it? True worshipers. They worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. She has just come and dropped the knee and worship and then says, Lord, help me. Whoa. Contrast. In vain, they, the Jews worship me uh, and their hearts are far from me. Here is a true worshiper. Right here, right here, right now. That's the spotlight for the disciples and the spotlight for us. Jesus says, I can't give it to the dogs. Watch me press her here. Watch me offend her here. She said to him, yes, Lord. But even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Lord, I know what I am. I agree. I know salvation is of the Jews. I have no claim to this. I have no right to this. I have no privilege that makes me worthy of this. I have no ethnic heritage that puts me in line before anyone else. None. None. I'm a little dog. When a master has his feast and all the guests are clean and they have all the privileges and then their best robes and best positions and best places, I know exactly what I am. I agree with you. That's exactly what I am. I am like the scavenger. I am like the beggar. I am like the dog that licks the crumbs off the master's floor. I have no way of cleansing myself. The Lord, even these dogs got to eat. Doesn't a master... Take what's left over and throw it down to the docks. What I'm saying is, I need your help. I worship you. You're the only one to whom I come. <laughs> I, I see it, don't you? No offense. But faith. Faith. In our day of outrage, in our day of everyone mad, what if we all had hearts like this before the Lord? Okay, when everyone's offended over everything. Everyone would be offended in this scenario. Every single person would be offended in this scenario. And what's our, our response? You're right. Save me. Jesus says, and this was the moment he wanted everyone to see. See it? Oh, woman. I think he looked at them. Great is your faith. Jesus was recognizing in the midst of all this ritualistic mess that she was the one who was truly cleansed in the heart. By faith, she had been washed by him. She was a true Jew whose circumcision is not outward but inward. And she shows us everything we need to know of what, the, what Jesus is after for true worshipers, for true Christians, for authentic Christians in our day. True dogs are those who sit unclean in worship. 
with hearts defiled, smug attitudes, who never come to Jesus with a broken and contrite heart because of their sin. True children look like this. Broken, humbled, and lifted up by the Savior. They know they're a mess. They've done many things in life that have broken the law of God. And they need help. I don't care if I have to sit in the bathroom during worship. I just want to be there. I don't care where I'm positioned. Put me in the cheap seats. Give me the crumbs that fall off the Lord's table. I need you. Help me. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. This is a true worshiper of God in spirit and in truth. May we all be too. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for your word of grace to us in the midst of the messes that we make and the hardness of our own hearts from which all kinds of defilement comes out. And thank you for your love, your steadfast love, and that you indeed are gathering a people from all over the face of the world of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation of true worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. Thank you for all of these students here who are studying for the gospel ministry. Keep them, give them much grace and help, encourage them, and may they find their strength in you. And as you try and test them, may they demonstrate this kind of humility in their training and learn to look to the Savior every day and then to go out and give this message of hope to a world full of offense and outrage that they would see the beauties of their Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Copyright Westminster Seminary, California. 2019. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.